Hello and welcome to another MyTunes podcast right here at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation's station, Manx Radio. Where do you start with a guest who's been a racing driver, run massive events, radio celebrity, uh, world of politics, fine musician... And uh, there's so much more we could say about Stu Peters, but I'll stop there <laughs> because he's already slightly embarrassed. Stu Peters, MHK, welcome to my tunes. Well, thank you very much indeed, Mark. It's marvellous to be here again. Well, it's lovely to have you back in the old Manx radio. At the old radio station up on the hill. Here we are, high on the head, <laughs> in broadcasting hut. But I, I want to go back. Yes. I want to start going back because I mentioned a few things there. Yes. But realistically, there was a huge wadge of your time when you were involved in events and putting on great big sort of arena things yeah and this is something that maybe a lot of our listeners have no idea that's what you used to do for a living okay well i think it was round about 1980 maybe 1981 i left pluto recording studios in manchester where i'd been a director and set up my own firm to do uh, corporate events and things like that and radio commercials used to do lots of radio commercials and i kind of got into making what we used to call audio visual presentations which was two slide projectors synchronized together with a cassette tape and that kind of developed and then uh, microcomputers came in and we were able to control 12 projectors and do all sorts of clever stuff And I got into bigger and bigger conferences and sales events and things like that. And then I think in 1988, I won a new account, which was one of these multi-level network marketing firms. And they did big rah-rah conferences. And the first one that I did was uh, at the Central Hotel in Glasgow for about 200 people. Within 12 months, we were doing places like Wembley Arena for 7,000 people. And the fortunate thing was that both I and my client, or the the manager director of the client company, were big rock fans. And so he would get videos of the latest Genesis live shows and things, and this is before streaming, uh, and he'd say, oh, I just saw these moving lights, can we have some of those? And it was great, so we used to do, uh, and I always enjoyed the theatricality of it. Um, And it was all very sort of things going on on stage and big sound cues and big light cues and things like that. And so, yeah, we're doing massive shows. Did all the arenas, did London Arena, NEC Arena, Wembley Arena. I mean, before it got that big, we were doing the the theatres. So we were doing places like the Opera House in Blackpool. So it was all big scale stuff. It was uh, for, for corporate work. It was quite unique. Now, not to sound too like Mrs. Merton, the late Mrs. Merton, that's lovely, Stu. What went wrong? Well, well, unfortunately, that client went bust in a big way. right. uh, And it kind of took me with them uh, Ah. because uh, they ended up owing me quite a a chunk of money. And I, I just, I got to the point when they went bust and I thought... You know, I've just I've just been working places like Wembley Arena. Do I really want to go back to the local Novotel doing a, mm. a sales conference for twenty insurance reps? Yeah. Uh, and I really didn't. So I thought, no, time to reinvent. You have reinvented yourself many times. It's fair to say, <laughs> and we're going to talk about the big reinvention uh, when you became an MHK uh, a little later on in the week. But for now, let's talk about music because. Your love of music is well known 
uh, across Manx Radio and before that. So where do we start the musical journey for your My Tunes? Well, what I'd like to do, Mark, if I may, is that I've chosen music for each of the four days and there is a common link between these songs and people who used to listen to my late show, uh, I did talk about it once and they might remember what the link is. I mean, I've got a fairly eclectic mix of, of, of musical things that I enjoy. As a kid, as a teenager, I was a big Deep Purple fan. I saw them a number of times in Manchester and they just sort of shuffle on stage in jeans and t-shirts and tune up and then start to play. And then I think in 1973 I saw Queen uh, on their very first headline tour in Manchester at the Opera House. Well, the Opera House wasn't a place that rock bands played and I went with a pal. Uh, I'd been dragged along to this thing. We sat up in the gods right at the back. Uh, and Freddie Mercury took to the stage, and it was it was outrageously theatrical, yeah. uh, and that kind of changed my taste. And obviously, I got into the music as well, and then later into Pink Floyd. So I think I, I probably prefer rock music. But then, when I was doing the radio programmes, I also realised that I actually enjoy pop music. Why Elton for your first choice? He is a remarkable performer. He's a superb songwriter. Uh, I saw Elton John live as well at the NEC once, just him and a piano, which was a bit of a disappointment because I wanted to see him with the full band, but it was just Elton on one of his farewell tours. I think he's wonderful. I, I've got various records still on vinyl which have almost worn out the grooves on, uh, and Goodbye Yellow Brick Road was my favourite ever Elton John album but I, I realised that I'm sort of going back now to um, a lot of artists where I kind of missed them the first time round and with Elton John I know all the songs on Yellow Brick Road but this song that we're going to play today is one that I think I probably only became really aware of it when it was used in either a film or a, com a commercial TV commercial or something like that um, and it's just magical uh, and the video for it is great as well so first record is Tiny Dancer by Elton Jesus free. 
guest on my tunes all this week is Stu Peters MHK. We've talked about putting on massive events and people going bust and really dragging you down with them. That yeah. was that was yesterday's adventure. Today I want to talk about Stu Peters the pop star <laughs> because every now and then on social media appears a photograph of you in a glam rock band. <laughs> and it, it's honestly, dear listener, it has to be seen to be believed. I'll try and find it and get it on, onto the Facebook page, if you don't mind. No. Uh, because that you were a glam rocker, weren't you? Well, I had an afro as exactly. well. I had a curly perm. Exactly. And, and it, it wasn't like a Kevin Keegan curly perm because I, I decided to brush it. So <laughs> it was a huge sort of a, a, a perm that I had at the time. And yeah, we we were. I think I mentioned yesterday that I really enjoyed um, the early David Bowie stuff. Uh, so uh, the Ziggy Stardust era. This this was the Ziggy Stardust era. This was the mid seventies, and I was in a little band in Manchester. We did covers, and we used to do quite a lot of Bowie stuff. And so we decided to do the whole shtick. So we all had stage wear made. Yes. And uh, and we used to go on with face makeup on and all the rest of it and glitter. It's <laughs> a remarkable era. So what were you playing in the band? I was playing drums then. Right. Yeah, I was the drummer. And what were they called? It sounds stupid now, but the, the band was called Microwave. And at the time, okay. this is before microwave ovens, and microwave was like a really high-tech word. Yeah. And uh, and so we wanted to come over as this sort of space age high tech uh, thing, and now people just think about ovens. Yeah, a bunch of ovens on yeah, stage yeah. going ping. Yeah. You know, that, that'd be the sort of signature tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from Manchester, we we do gigs in London and and up towards Scotland. You know, in the Lake District and stuff like that. Over in Yorkshire, we never did any gigs locally, and the average fee was about fifty quid an hour, oh, yeah. which we would spend on petrol and renting a van and stuff. So there was never any money in it. But, you know, it's the stuff that you do when you're 20. So you weren't sort of a prophet in your hometown. You, you moved away to play. Was that a strategy or was it just that no one would look at you locally? No, I, I, we got a, a manager stroke agent and and he just got us the gigs uh, because we were playing just sort of church hall gigs and youth clubs and things around Manchester to half dozen spotty kids. And this guy came to see us once and he said, oh, boys, you know, I can, I can give you lots of work, boys. <laughs> yeah. Stick with me and I'll just take 25%, but I'll make you stars. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair dues, and days in the van, and then get the clothes on and the makeup and ready to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Did yeah. it go down well? 
Oh yeah, it was great. I, yeah. Although uh, I've got one memory if I've got time. Which yes, was, of course. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were booked on. He phoned us one day and he said, "Boys, I've got a great thing for you this uh, this coming weekend." He said, uh, "Instead of just one gig, you can make some money at this." He said, "Because it's a Friday night gig, it's a Saturday matinee gig, it's a Saturday night gig, it's a Sunday matinee, Sunday night, uh, all in the same area of Yorkshire. Yeah, it's like a circuit." And uh, he said, I've got you booked into all those and you get 50 quid a night for each of them or whatever. So you can make a few quid. Great. So we borrowed the van, which is what we always used to do. And we went out and the first gig was at Old Ghoul Working Men's Club, which was one of these places near Scunthorpe. It's the old-fashioned sort of miners' club type thing, yeah. where there was a huge concert room. I mean, enormous, and it was all trestle tables. And so the 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 corner of of the room was a tiny little stage, and behind it was a triangular dressing room that was the size of a lift. And so we got changed in there, put all the gear on, came out to this raucous start, which was "Hang On to Yourself" by David Bowie. Oh, lovely! And as a man, everybody in the room stood up and walked out. <laughs> Had the pies arrived? No. Was it one of those occasions? No, no. <laughs> that would have been a, a, a godsend, I think, you know, because it might have made them smile a bit. But no, they all hated us completely and disappeared. And so the concert secretary came out and he said, right, lads, there you go. There's, there's 20 pounds. He says, uh, that's you done now. Uh, I said, well, you know, surely you knew what we were. It doesn't matter, you know, you've seen how you've gone down, lads. So we'll give you some money. We'll not be uh, unfair about it. There's your £20, off you go. So we went to the next gig on the Saturday and uh, the, the, the concert secretary at the next gig said, oh, you've been cancelled for, for the whole weekend because you died last night at oh, Ghoul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were stuck in Yorkshire with no money, no food or, or anything and barely the petrol to get home. Life on the road with Stu Peters. I love it. Let's have another piece of music. Who have we got today? I thought we'd have, and this again is linked, so all these four pieces of music are linked. Today is Carly Simon, who I've always been slightly in love with, and this is her famous song. You and me both, if I may just drop that in. Yes. Uh, You're so vain. Perfect.
guest on my tunes all this week is Stu Peters, MHK, who went down a storm in certain clubs across the north of England, not so well in Yorkshire, as we heard yesterday. If you missed all this, by the way, there's a podcast coming on Thursday afternoon. You might get a prize just for listening. Um, but I want to talk today about getting you to the Isle of Man, because you say you grew up in Manchester. Yes. Uh, Isle of Man's quite away from there. Yes. How did that happen? I had an uncle who lived here in the 60s. So as a small child, I'd been over for a couple of weeks to, to spend time with my uncle Bill, who had uh, butcher shops. So there was always a, a sort of a link between me and the Isle of Man. And, and I'm, as you know, I'm not a particularly spiritual person, but the Isle of Man always has felt like home to me, more so than Manchester for some strange reason. And I've spent 40 odd years in Manchester. So when I learned to fly, I used to come over here, brought the kids over, we'd have long weekends here or whatever, or holidays. So I'd always got some sort of a link with the Isle of Man. When the business went wrong in Manchester in sort of 95, 96, my partner at the time, girlfriend at the time, said, well, you know, if, if you're going to start again from scratch kind of a thing and, and be a scriptwriter or, or whatever, do you need to be in Manchester? Because it might be a, an opportunity to have a complete fresh start, break from all this and start somewhere else. And so we thought, OK. Uh, and the Castle Mona 
was still open and they were advertising for a housekeeper. Uh, so she applied for that, got the job and said, you know, do you fancy it? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Why not? So we moved to the Isle of Man. So you didn't come over to the Isle of Man to join Manx Radio. That was no, later. No, that was later. Yeah. So let's, let's fast forward to getting on to the radio. Well, I used to love listening to late night radio back in Manchester uh, because they always had shock jocks on. So when I came here, I, I thought that Manx Radio was very cute, <laughs> but it didn't have anything that was sort of edgy like that. So I got in touch with the MD and said, you know, I've done a bit of hospital radio. I'm not an experienced uh, professional at radio, but I've done a bit of hospital radio. So I reckon I could do a, a late night show, you know, uh, any chance of a job. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, come in and see us. So over a period of about two years, I came in <laughs> to see various people at yes. Manx Radio, yes. passed from pillar to post, and everybody said, oh, yeah, marvellous. Oh, yes, yeah, we'll do that, definitely. Um, and it never happened. So I, I got a bit cranky about it and sent the MD a letter to say, if you want me to go away and die, then just say so, because I'll, I'll do that rather than keep knocking at your door. Uh, he said, no, no, he said, uh, we, we'd like you to have one of your compatriots. He said, Stu Lowe is, has just been made programme controller. And, uh, you know, you guys speak the same language. He said, so come and see him and he see if he can find you something. So that was how I got in. Uh, and it, at the time, it was when we had Kick FM at the weekends, which was like the, the young station, I suppose. So I started off doing a weekly show on Kick FM. Didn't disgrace myself terribly. And so um, Stu Lowe said to me once, he said, right, uh, we'd like you to do the man in line. Uh, and here's the book and here's the program code and all the rest of it. We'd like you to do that for a fortnight while Andy's on holiday or whatever. And so I used to do that. And I think at one stage I covered virtually all the programs on Manx Radio as the holiday man. Yeah. And then you were in. And then 2003, the MD phoned me up and he said, uh, I want to see you. So I thought, oh, no. He's going to give me a, a kick in the backside for something. Um, he said, you know, I wanted to uh, to offer you a job uh, in the newsroom. So that was the start of it, really. That was it. That was it. Well, it's been a, a joyous time of uh, stupidness on the airwaves. Uh, fondly remembered by many. And uh, you never say never again. Still you know. alive. Never still say alive. never. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk politics tomorrow, but let's have another piece of music. OK, well, again, this is linked. If people want to uh, to think about what that link is, what will we do? Really uh, tell people what it was on On Thursday? the podcast. On the podcast. They'll have to come back, you see. This is, oh, my, see. This is the mechanism <laughs> to increase my podcast <laughs> revenue from yeah. 0.0 pence to 0.2 pence. Yeah, yeah. Cynical. Good. Well, I, I think we, we'll offer a prize of, um, I don't Self-respect? Self-respect. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a yeah. Manx Radio mug. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'll sort that out. So today's uh, tune, Mark, uh, with your permission, is a David Bowie song. Talked about Bowie earlier mm -hmm. on. Uh, Space Oddity. Ground control to Major Tom Ground control to Major Tom Take your protein pills and put your helmet on Ground control to Major Tom Seven, six Commencing countdown engines on 
check ignition and may God's love be with you. I will start today's episode of My Tunes with a question. How does a fast 
car driver, a pilot, an events manager, and a fantastic technician across all the technology, a member of a glam rock band, a radio presenter, end up as an MHK. Well, let's try and find out, shall we? My <laughs> guest this week on My Tunes, and what a journey and a voyage, and all those words are rightfully there for stupid as MHK. <laughs> now, were you politically sort of active prior to this momentous decision? Well, I was involved in politics, I suppose, from 2003 when I joined Manx Radio as a senior broadcast journalist. And the job, when I first took it on, was to present and produce Mandate in the morning, if you remember Mandate. So half past seven to half past eight every morning on FM was Mandate, which was, you know, hard news and current affairs. So at that stage, I kind of had to brush up on all that and start to take an interest in politics. Before that, I'd got very little interest at all, to be honest. So that was the start of it. And over the years, especially doing chat shows and things like that and phoning programmes, people often used to phone in and say, you talk more sense than all these politicians politicians put together you ought to stand for politics and I used to say to people yeah but I don't work well in groups you know and I don't like committees and I don't like meetings and and that's what politics is all about so I, I, I don't think I'm suitable for it but I got to that stage where I was getting old I was getting to retirement age and I thought I'd have one last sort of uh, roll of the dice and have a go because the election in 2021 was coming up and I thought, well, you know, that would be a fantastic adventure, really, to end things on. And so I stood for politics and, and amazed to, to be elected. You were surprised. Um, yeah, well, Pleasantly yeah. surprised, obviously. Yeah, pleasantly surprised. I, I, I knew that I stood a chance yeah. because just talking to people on the doorsteps. And I think, you know, let's be realistic about it. I think it's because I'd already got a profile as a Manx radio presenter. Um, and a fairly outspoken one. So when I was knocking on doors, an awful lot of people were saying, oh, we, we like what you say. So people knew me before. But it was surprising to be elected, uh, and joyous as well. Um, and people said, what's your plan B if you're not elected? Well, plan B was to retire. Yeah. I've heard from a lot of people, prior to setting this interview up with you, that you respond to them as uh, constituents to their MHK. You are very much rooted in your constituency and if people come to you you'll do your best to sort them out oh sure yeah yeah well that, that's the enjoyable part of the job and you can't always help people and sometimes people have got you know too high an expectation of the power that their mhk has got but if you can help somebody through a bit of a problem that's the the joyous part of the job the committee meetings and the you know and, and the the general meetings and all the rest of it uh is a bit bit turgid to be honest but that helping people is is the primary part of the job and, and you are a constituency mhk first and foremost and in this time that we've been going through cost of living crisis and all that i guess you've had a lot of people come to you with very real problems oh for sure yeah 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 uh, but it, it's often planning things, you know, people not doing things that they're supposed to do and trouble with getting service from departments and being being sort of poo-pooed by civil servants or whatever. So, you know, an awful lot of those things, I can pick up a phone and have a word um, uh, and try and smooth things out. And, and it's, you know, th that's very satisfying. You mentioned earlier in the week that you've known about the Isle of Man. You've had a connection with it for much longer than you've lived here. Yeah. What sort of state... Do you see it in right now? How's it doing? 
I think the Isle of Man's doing fine, and, and it it disappoints me when I see all these posts on Facebook from these people who think that you know things are worse than they've ever been before. You know, in all my years of of working at Manx Radio, twenty years pretty much of of, of covering politics and current affairs, every single administration it gets the same thing oh this is the worst government that we've ever had and it's just disappointing you know people don't look at the good things yes we've got a cost of living crisis which is unprecedented in modern years you know interest rates were, were at virtually zero for so long that people got used to that uh, but now that prices are going up it's it, it's a, a big shock to an awful lot of people um, so there are problems and people say well yeah but look at the Liverpool landing stage you just throw money at things like that no wonder we can't fix the potholes yeah but you know nobody goes into and this isn't just politicians this is civil servants as well nobody goes into these schemes thinking that they're ever going to overspend on them but you, it's not a Manx problem. You've only got to look at the HS2 thing in the oh, UK. Yes, yes, yes. You know, if you want to know about overspends. And people, armchair critics are very good at saying, oh, well, I would never allow that to happen if I was in. You can't stop it from happening, is the sad uh, true and if you said to some, to a contractor we want you to build a Liverpool landing stage we've got a budget of 35 million quid sign here to say that that's what you'll do it for nobody would sign the contract nothing you know the, the, a spade would never go into the ground to start a project like that under those terms and look at the rising price of materials etc that we've had in the last few years Covid etc etc ministerial uh, duties yeah uh, do you feel called to be a minister no <laughs> no I, I, I don't um but i think that that's that that's a real self-realization i think uh, and i did kind of toy with it at one stage with the concept of it but i've realized that you really do need to be a politician for a good while to be an effective minister you've got to have that institutional memory i think so I can talk to, to people uh, like Tim Crookall, who's just taken over in DOI, um, and he will remember meetings that were held, you know, five, ten years ago or whatever, committees that were set up, reports that were produced and all the rest of it. Uh, and I don't know about those things, or if I do, I, I know very little about them. So I, I think that an effective minister has got to have that sort of institutional memory um, and also be better at playing with others. Very, very honest answer. Final piece of music for the week, sir. This is uh, a band that I know very little about, but it is the most fantastic piece of music. I used to enjoy playing it very much on the uh, on the old Banks radio <laughs> uh, back in the day, and it's Drops of Jupiter by Train. Lovely. Don't forget, tune into the podcast, which will be available in, a, well, I don't know, uh, half an hour or so, and we will give you the results of the music quiz you've been set, linking all of Stu's pieces, all of Stu's choices together. But for now, Stu Peters, MHK, thank you for coming on to my tunes. I thank you. Now that she's back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her head. like summer and walks like rain reminds me that there's a time to change since the return of a stay on the moon she
she listens like spring and she talks like June. Jupiter Train. He's still with me. Stu Peters, MHK, who also plays bass, you know, in a fine band called Stalking Heads. Uh, anyway, Stu, thanks for hanging around for the podcast, because it's time to reveal just what the connection between Elton John's Tiny Dancer, Carly Simon, Your So Vain, David Bowie, Space Oddity, Drops of Jupiter Train. I 
hadn't got a clue until you pointed me in the right direction. So explain all. The musical arrangements, the orchestral arrangements, were all done by a fellow called Paul Bookmaster, who died, I think, about five, six years ago, uh, sadly. But he worked with a huge number of artists, not just in pop music, he did film scores and all the rest of it, but he's just got a marvellous sense of, of musicality. So if you listen to, to Drops of Jupiter, the orchestral arrangement behind that is stupendous. And people think you can just bang an orchestra on a pop song and it works, and it really doesn't. I mean, I love Simon and Garfunkel, for example, but if you listen to the orchestral arrangements behind them, they are just weedy, thin sort of violins that don't really do anything. They, they, they just fill a, a blank in the music. Whereas Paul Buckmaster's stuff, you could listen to it on its own without the song that it's there to support. Well, I'm going to go back and listen to all those tunes again. Seeing as this is the podcast, and seeing as we have a very select membership of the podcast posse, I'm going to play a tune from us. This is the legendary Stalking Heads with special guest Davy Knowles, recorded for a fundraiser in Peel in to, well, 2011 it would have been. So it's you and me. Yeah. Got Jim Horton on the drums. Yes. You've got Stevie Gray on the keys. Jason uh, on harmonica. Yeah. I'll be Jason Roberts. I'm on guitar. And we've got a special guest, Davy Knowles, on guitar. So we'll... Yes, do you remember I, it? I, I think we gave him a bit of a start in, in his career, Davy Knowles. I think he ought to be more grateful to us than I he think is. it's a huge leg up. And uh, let's finish with this. Stuart's been brilliant. Down at the Doctor's.
Everybody needs a shot of R&B So come on down to my surgery Down to the doctor Down to the doctor Sit down to the doctor Make me feel good, all right Talking Heads on a Stu Peters podcast. Remarkable. I'm Mark Tiley. Don't forget to join me whenever you can for the morning show. We're on from 9.30 to 12, Monday to Friday. And keep coming back here, manxradio.com, for more podcasts. They're popping up every day.